In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Um, good morning and welcome to the adult meeting um, on this Sunday, the 11th of Misra. Uh, as we celebrate uh, St. Mary's Fast, uh, which we started uh, a week ago on August 7th, uh, and we'll conclude on the 16th of the blessed month of Misra with our commemoration of the revealing of the assumption of the body of the pure and holy Virgin St. Mary uh, to heaven. Um, so I think it's important that we continue our series on the family. Um, however, probably today, given the importance of this time of year for our church, I wanted to pause that. And there will probably be some elements uh, in the life of St. Mary in our talk today that can certainly be um, really uh, contemplated upon uh, that would be very important for uh, families and parents in particular. I really feel like today um, we should spend a little more time talking about her. You know, St. Mary is very, very important to us in the Coptic Church. We love St. Mary very much. Um, the Theotokos, the Mother of God, she holds a very special place in heaven and as well as our church. And she loves the Coptic people uh, very much. And so because of our uh, faith and devotion to her son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so I think it's uh, probably fitting to talk a little bit about Our Lady today. Um, now, as you guys know, we can never run out of things to talk about her. There have been countless books and sermons and um, you know movies and, and all sorts of things that are out there, a lot of resources for folks that are interested. And so we will not be able to do justice in the short time we have today together to really delve deep into the life of St. Mary. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's um, important that uh, we understand that even uh, spending just a bit of time contemplating on her life uh, and her, you know, who she was and who she continues to be is, is so very important. Um, so, um, you know, I was worried about this uh, today because what can I possibly add to those volumes of work that are been done over centuries about the life of the Holy Theotokos St. Mary. Uh, but with her blessings today and uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will be, you know, God willing, will be able to learn something uh, really, really nice today. Uh, so with that, we'll get started today uh, in our discussion on the Holy Theotokos St. Mary. So like we said, there's so much to say about St. Mary, and where do we begin? Prophets and saints have spoke of her for centuries. Uh, from the Old Testament prophets who spoke um, of her to the story of her miraculous birth, um, to the elderly couple, uh, Joachim and Anna, her dedication to the temple as a very young child, the angels ministering to her as she served the Lord, uh, praising God and working in his house, the temple. Uh, we know of the story of her betrothal to the blessed elder Joseph the Righteous, the carpenter. And we know the wonderful story as told in the gospel of the Annunciation uh, of the angel Gabriel uh, to her that she had been chosen by God to conceive by the Holy Spirit as son and will call his name Jesus. Now, this Annunciation was a huge event. Uh, you know, for we know the you know, like the importance of the Annunciation. We, we actually commemorate it uh, every single Coptic month. And so we um, 
We also know that, that the remaining events of uh, that time with uh, her visit to uh, Elizabeth, the traveling then to Bethlehem, the nativity, the shepherd's visit, the magi's visit, the fleeing to Egypt from Herod, the time spent in Egypt and all the blessings that Christ and his mother and Joseph had given to the country of Egypt while they were there, the return to Nazareth, the raising of Jesus, and all these are very important events, right? The, um, the, the, they traveled, this family traveled every year to Jerusalem for the feasts, as we know, when Christ was um, in the temple when uh, they had gone together. We also know the story of the wedding of Cana uh, in Galilee and then the beginning of our Lord's ministry. So St. Mary was there for all of that. Then the trials, the sufferings, the execution of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. St. John the Beloved taking her to be his mother at the request of Christ. Uh, our Lord, his death on the cross, his burial, the glorious resurrection, the ascension, you know, waiting and praying together with the disciples for the Holy Spirit to descend uh, on Pentecost. Now, St. Mary was, was there for all of that. She continued to serve, continued to encourage those who believed in her son. She was a loving, guiding mother to them. And as we know, around the age of 60, the pure Virgin St. Mary departed. Um, we remember the story that St. Mary departed um, is uh, commemorated on the 21st day of the Coptic month of Tuba. And uh, the story tells us that she was surrounded by our fathers, the apostles, gathered around uh, uh, her and, um, and Our Lady, the Virgin, blessed them. Then the Lord Jesus Christ came in person, surrounded by his holy angels, as we can see in this beautiful icon. And um, the Lord received her pure spirit, and here it's symbolized in this icon by the little child wrapped in white. Uh, that's her pure spirit, and ascended with it into heaven. The apostles prepared her pure body and gathered, uh, I'm sorry, carried it to uh, Gethsemane to be entombed there. We know the story that on their way, tradition says that one of the Jews tried to prevent them from doing that, and he seized the coffin, but immediately his arms were separated from his body, and, and they remained attached to the coffin. He regretted this evil deed, and, and he wept very bitterly, and through the supplication of the holy apostles, his arms were reattached to his body again, and he believed immediately in our Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles continued their procession until they arrived at Gethsemane, and that's where they buried her with great veneration. So we celebrate this, or we commemorate this on the 21st day of, of the Coptic month of Tuba. So uh, Tuba is in, is in, you know, this events are in, in January, the month of you know, late January. What are we celebrating now in August? Why are we fasting? This is uh, actually a very wonderful story. Tradition tells us that St. Thomas, the apostle, was absent when our Lord's mother, St. Mary, had departed, right? And again, St. Thomas is always the one who isn't there at these, <laughs> these big events, I think. Um, but God works it out in a beautiful way, and we'll see. So St. Thomas was preaching the faith in India, and the apostles uh, buried the pure body of St. Mary. They prepared for her in Gethsemane, like we said, and there were uh, angelic voices of praise and sweet perfumed aroma for three days that filled that whole place. So St. Thomas, now you remember St. Thomas, right? He's the one that doubted our Lord's, you know, he had to, you know, death and resurrection. He had to, uh, you know, when he saw our Lord put his fingers in, in our Lord's hands. And, uh, 
uh, that same St. Thomas, he went to preach um, all over Arabia, Mesopotamia, and Persia, right? And then he went to India. So on his way back from India, he was visiting uh, some of these churches that he had helped establish along the way. And on his way back, he saw on top of a mountain, a group of angels who told him, hurry and kiss the body of the mother of God. Right, so we see here in the icon, St. Thomas is, uh, is there. And he hurried and kissed and he received the blessing of the pure body. And then the girdle wrap that surrounded her holy body fell. And we see it here in, in the icon. And he hurried and he picked it up and he kissed it and glorified God for this blessing. So then he, when he finally arrived back at Jerusalem, after completing his pastoral visits, he asked to visit the tomb of St. Mary. So remember, he wasn't there when she, when she died. She departed. And, and he wanted also to reveal to them the greatness of the miracle of the assumption of her pure body. So when they lifted the stone, they didn't find the body in the tomb. And they were really all disturbed by this. But St. Thomas then told them what he saw and how the angels carried the pure body to heaven and how he received this blessing by the command of the angels. And he showed them that girdle. And the apostles then who were in Jerusalem decided to fast so that our Lord uh, Jesus Christ would reveal to them where the body of his mother was. And so this fast of the apostles while they were in Jerusalem, this fast lasted two weeks. And on the 16th day of uh, the Coptic month of Misra, so you know later in, in this week, um, the Lord uh, Jesus Christ revealed to them along with the Virgin St. Mary. So he told them that the body of the pure Virgin is in heaven for the body that carried God the Logos for nine months and took from it his humanity shouldn't remain in the dust of the earth and uh, like other bodies um, and decompose. So he, he kept it in heaven. And this was a great comfort to the apostles. So God had cared so much for her that after her departure, he came by himself received her spirit, and then he charged his angels to carry her pure body to heaven. So that's why we fast for two weeks in commemoration of this uh, uh, event of revealing of the assumption of her body to heaven. Um, so um, although this fast for St. Mary is really special, uh, and many people all over Egypt especially partake of it. The, the Theotokos St. Mary is clearly not only celebrated for two weeks a year, and we know this, right? So um, in our Coptic church, like I said before, we love St. Mary, and it's too difficult to give an account of all the, you know, yeah, it's too difficult to give an account of the prominent place that she holds in the Coptic church in this really short talk. St. Mary is commemorated and invoked in every daily hymn and liturgy. And in every canonical hour, day and night, there are various feasts for what we call the Marian feasts that are celebrated monthly and yearly. And there are also, you know, when we celebrate our Lord's feast in which we honor her with our Lord, there are, those feasts are like, you know, the Annunciation, the Nativity, the presentation of Christ in the temple, the flight of the Holy Family to Egypt, the first miracle that Jesus made in the Cana of Galilee, and so on. So these are... Um, feasts for our Lord, but she was there. Uh, her icon uh, uh, has very special characteristics, and there's a certain order of where uh, it, it, her icons are placed in the Coptic church buildings, right? And the richness and the beauty of, um, you know, the tones of the Coptic uh, 
Marian hymns are truly amazing. And especially for those uh, who have um, really uh, been part of the celebrations during the month of Kiech before Christmas, we hear some of these beautiful hymns. Uh, now, the titles by which she's known, by which she's addressed, by which she's honored in our Coptic church, gives us a sense of not only her importance, uh, but they all have a meaning from Scripture, from Old and New Testament. And as you can see here, there are so many titles that she has. Uh, and these come from Scripture, they come from the church rite, from history and the writings of the early church. The daily Theotokias, these are the hymns that are giving praise to St. Mary, the Theotokos, and others. Uh, these use a lot of these wonderful titles for her. Um, and Abuna, Abuna Tedros Malati, who had... Uh, I'd spoken uh, before about how he had given a series of lectures, um, and these uh, lectures are often, you know, uh, collated into books that are translated, and he uh, has one about the Theotokos, and it's a wonderful and very short and quite informative read if you get a chance to see it, and he reminds us uh, in, uh, in this work all of these titles. It's, it's a, a, beautiful, um, a beautiful way to just see how many ways that we address the Holy Theotokos, the Virgin St. Mary in our church. So since the very beginning and the fall of Adam and Eve, God's plan of salvation for mankind was established. The background is key to understanding, you know, this, this uh, mankind was sick and had fallen away from our true purpose. And God had a plan to save us. He sent judges and prophets and kings and they failed, right? Uh, there was the captivity for several hundred years. God's people were still sick uh, with sin. So his plan was that he, God, would become man and save us. And this long-awaited, you know, God's savior was to be born of a virgin. This part was very important. And so he told his people of this plan of salvation through his prophets. And he waited all this time for this one woman, this hand-picked person, this woman to be his mother. And it was this young, simple, poor teenage girl who was the one he chose. And we read in the Old Testament prophecies about her virginity. This sealed Eastern gate is a figure of St. Mary's perpetual virginity. Uh, for the Lord alone entered her womb, and this gate was never opened to another, and the seals were never broken. God sent his messenger, uh, the angel Gabriel, to deliver this news to her. So for many centuries, God's people waited for this news, right? This was really big news, huge. And as we know from the story of the Annunciation, St. Mary's response to the message was initially, how could this be since I don't know a man, right? And it teaches us that you know, we can ask questions of God. Um, and then confirming her virginity in that statement, how, how can this be since I don't know a man? And eventually she said that very famous statement of pure obedience and faith, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. So her example of purity is what we aspire to be. As we know, virginity is correlated with what? With sanctity, right? And the literal virginity is merely a sign of that spiritual one. Virginity in its essence is a total consecration to God and a permanent union with him in Jesus Christ. And so virginity should be 
something spiritual. I mean, there can't be that many in the church who are physically virgins, right? But spiritually, every one of us should be a virgin. As Abuna Tadro said, it is a virginity of the soul, heart, mind, senses, and desires, which Christians can receive by the Holy Spirit, who sanctifies our bodies, souls, and spirits, preparing us for the eternal wedding feast. Uh, another very important point is that St. Mary's virginity is perpetual. She's not only a virgin before she conceived our Lord Jesus uh, by the Holy Spirit in the mystery of the Incarnation, but, she, but we also know that she remained a virgin thereafter. This idea of uh, Iparthenos, uh, uh, ever virgin, is a truth that several of the church fathers uh, had written about. Now, we believe that St. Mary was, what, the mother of God, the Theotokos. Now, this is a very big mystery, of course, but one truth that was known from the very beginning and taught and affirmed by our early church fathers against many well-known heresies to the contrary, right? The, uh, people tried to say that she wasn't the mother of God. Uh, at the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel answers St. Mary's questions and says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the, who, the Son of God. Right? So it's very clear that uh, who she will carry in her womb. When St. Mary visited uh, and entered the house of St. Elizabeth and greeted her, we know that the babe within her leaped for joy, right? That babe was uh, St. John, uh, John the Baptist. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit who led her to understand the mystery of the divine incarnation. So the older woman, St. Elizabeth, the wife of a priest pregnant with this great prophet, St. John the Baptist, belittled herself before this poor young orphan girl as she discovered St. Mary is who is the Lord's mother, is the mother of God. And she said, how did this happen to me that my Lord's mother should visit me? While the whole world knew nothing about the Annunciation to St. Mary, St. Elizabeth declared St. Mary's motherhood of our Lord in the absence of any external signs of this divine event. Um, we, uh, Saint, uh, Saint John uh, Damascus summed up our belief in the Theotokos by saying this name contains the whole mystery of the incarnation. So although the Council of Ephesus in 431 AD defined the universal dogma of the Holy Virgin uh, Saint Mary as Theotokos, this word had been used for a much longer time in the Church of Alexandria before that council. So it is seen in the writings of the fathers of Alexandria much earlier. And the historians, of course, have clearly shown us that the Church of Alexandria staunchly defended the faith on this point through many discourses. And we know, uh, of course, St. Cyril of Alexandria taught on this many times in his letters. Uh, praise for her and belief in her, this true title, Theotokos, is something we Coptic Orthodox are firmly you know, we're firmly rooted in. St. Mary is the mother of God. It's her rightful place. It's what our Lord chose. He chose her for this great and wonderful mystery. So many have suffered to defend his name, 
um, sorry, this name of hers. Uh, church councils were convened to defend it against heresies, as we know, Nestorius, uh, and these heresies were brought down. So why did uh, our Lord choose this young woman, a virgin, to be his mother? St. Mary was so pure and obedient and faithful. Uh, St. Augustine um, states she conceived in her mind before she conceived in her body. So St. Mary is blessed for she was chosen as the mother of the word of God. But before she bore him physically, she had borne him spiritually through her faith. In the words of uh, St. Augustine, St. Uh, Mary's motherhood would have been of no profit to her if she had not joyfully borne Christ in her heart. So why is this important? It's because of her uh, faithfully and humbly accepting the message of the angel Gabriel that we see the wonderful results uh, to all of us. So as we pray every day in the Egbeya, in the first hour uh, litany, O Theotokos, the second heaven, you are the honored mother of the light. From sunrise to sunset, the faithful offer you praises. For you are the bright and unchanging flower, the mother who remained a virgin. For the Father chose you, the Holy Spirit overshadowed you, and the Son condescended to take flesh from you. St. Mary, we see um, her motherhood to God is the fruit of this marriage between God's free grace and man's faithful submission and obedience to him, right? So God miraculously intervenes to provide the divine incarnation as a free gift offered from him to all men. The idea of St. Mary's holiness is related to her motherhood to God. Uh, as we talked about her perpetual virginity, her personal friendship also to us as the believers and her status uh, as the symbol of the Holy Church. So the Orthodox uh, believers believe the holiness of St. Mary as a fruit of personal friendship with her uh, in daily life. So the Coptic believer feels that St. Mary is his or her own mother, this holy queen in heaven who asks for my salvation. She's my holy mother who longs for the holiness of all, um, all of us. She's uh, the Holy Mother who loves every one of us very much. And, you know, we know this because many saints in, um, many saints in our church, particularly the modern-day saints, um, tell us about this closeness that St. Mary has with the Coptic church, that she, um, you know, loves the Coptic people. From her time on earth when she visited Egypt and throughout the ages with countless miracles, and recently her apparitions during times of trials in our home country of Egypt. St. Mary loves the Coptic people. Um, and if there's uh, some time at the end of today, we'll show a little video uh, of that. Uh, 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 one of the uh, folks, uh, one of the saints talking about that. So the, the church members believe that St. Mary's holiness is unique. It's the highest in heaven. And, and surpasses the other heavenly creatures, uh, even the cherubim and the seraphim. So although we love her very much in our Coptic Orthodox Church, we have to be very uh, aware and hold her in the highest and rightful place for she was pure and holy. But we also know that St. Mary was in need of salvation, just like all of us. So this Orthodox concept preserved our church from many, you know, exaggeration or any confusion between the position of Christ 
and the position of his mother. There's no worship that is offered to her. We offer veneration and praise. So in other words, in the Orthodox Church, there's an accurate line that divides Christ from St. Mary, his mother. She's to be praised, but God alone is to be worshipped and adored. And uh, I'm going to see if I can show a, a little video here. Of, uh, of this. Um,
So, um, as you heard from that video, the 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 praise that we offer Saint Mary um, is wonderful, but God alone is the one who's worshipped. Um, the Orthodox Church believes in the principle of, as we heard, intercession for others from the members of the heavenly as well as the struggling church. So how much more effective would the prayers of the mother of God for the salvation of her children and brethren, right? This, uh, she's our mother. And the Theotokos St. Mary received this motherhood of the incarnate son of God and therefore became the mother of his flesh, right? And his flesh is his church. So this motherhood is not just merely an honorable title, but a responsibility, the responsibility for unceasing work. Uh, this is what Simeon the Elder has prophesied about the Virgin, saying, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So while alive on earth, she was a mother to the apostles, particularly St. John the Beloved, whom she lived with after Christ's resurrection. We also know that uh, she loves us very much and always intercedes for us. Uh, there's a there's a good example of St. Mary's motherhood in that first century uh, church show. She lived, as we know, with St. John the Beloved. And St. John the Beloved had a disciple, uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch, who uh, was martyred by wild beasts, as many uh, early Christian martyrs were. Now, he said, um, as if you know the story, uh, he said a very famous quote to his fellow Christians who were you know, going to try to prevent him from martyrdom. He said, I am dying willingly for God's sake, if only you do not prevent it. I beg you, do not do me an untimely kindness. Allow me to be eaten by the beasts, which are my way of reaching to God. I am God's wheat, and I am to be ground by the teeth of the wild beasts, so that I may become pure bread of Christ. Um, so the story is that um, St. Ignatius had wished to see St. Mary. And he, had, he wrote a letter uh, to St. John the Beloved. And he said, if you will allow me, I desire to go to Jerusalem and see the faithful saints who are there, especially Mary the mother, whom they report to be an object of admiration and affection to all. So she was known at that time among all the people as an object of admiration and affection and of love. So um, the, res the reply letter back to St. Ignatius, St. Mary's words are here. These are her words, the words of the Blessed Virgin. She said, the lowly handmaid of Christ Jesus to Ignatius, her beloved fellow disciple. The things which you have heard and learned from John concerning Jesus are true. Believe them, cling to them, and hold fast the profession of Christianity which you have embraced and conform your habits and life to your profession. Now I will come to, uh, I will come in company with John to visit you and those who are with you. Stand fast in the faith. Show yourself a man. Nor you know let fierceness of persecution move you, but let your spirit be strong and rejoice in God, uh, your Savior. Amen. What a, I mean, you can see her words are very motherly, very encouraging, very strong, right? She even says, you know, be a man, right? It's, it's just beautiful how she was uh, so encouraging to uh, 
those uh, saints at, at, at that time. So in the story of the wedding of Cana of Galilee, we learn about the intercession of our mother, St. Mary. So we know that she asked her son and said, they have no wine. Now, of course, the Lord knew that, right? He, he surely didn't need to be reminded of the needs of his children or to be told about it. But our Lord Jesus, who is full of love, is pleased to see the mutual feeling of love in his mother and his children. You see, it pleases God when we ask him on behalf of others to help meet their needs. So her request was only made once, but he answered, woman, why turn to me? My hour has not come yet. The answer by our Lord signifies the intercession of the Virgin Mary. And so first it shows that clearly the trust of his mother in him because she only requested it once with every assurance and confidence she said to the people around her, uh, do what he tells you. She was positive that her son would answer her request for his children. Also, through her conversation with the people of the wedding, we can see her role in this intercession. She will help to direct our hearts to secretly carry out the commandment of her son. Do whatever he tells you. So she works you know, both sides, right? She works both sides of the issue at hand, like a true a true loving mother. So there's so much we can learn from St. Mary, both her life on earth and after her death. Uh, one main thing is that everything she does points to Christ. I love that about St. Mary. And have you noticed that? Like she of all people could have been, I mean, she's the most deserving to be prideful, but it is a faithful confidence in her Lord and Son and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that drives her, right? It's not pride, not self-pride, right? Her life always reflects God. That's why in the icons of St. Mary, she's you know, almost always seen with Christ. She's not seen alone. Now remember, there are, there are you know, like paintings and pictures that are meant more for meditation, and those are different than icons. Icons have a certain purpose in teaching. And we, we hardly see her in an icon uh, without Christ. And we ought to copy her faith, her simplicity, her obedience, her love, her sacrifice, you know, her strength, uh, her service to others. There's, gosh, there's so many qualities, right? So from her childhood, we know that she served. She served God in the temple, uh, praised God. But her, also her service was very physical. Even as a young child, what was her job in the temple? So remember, in the temple, there was animal sacrifice. Animals were sacrificed. They were slaughtered. That, that sacrifice, that animal, the, the blood, the, the carcass, that needed to be cleaned, right? The cleaning of the, of the, of the ground, the utensils, the place, that's what St. Mary did in the temple. It's acts of pure service. You know, she's, so if she is your intercessor, my intercessor, then let's grow deeper in our love for her because we know she truly loves you and me. Again, there's, you know, there's so much to say about the Holy Theotokos, but if all my words have failed today, then please remember this. 
ask yourself, do I know her? Do I really know her? Do I talk to her? Do I ask her for her help, her prayers, her advice, her protection, her guidance, her love? Do I ask her for her love? Do I know and believe and feel her love for me? St. Mary, you know, I can tell her, St. Mary, I love you. We're, we're about to see in a little brief video uh, uh, a monk who, who calls her mama, and he's not the only one. So many people call her that. Mama, I love you. Please be with me. Holy Mother, I, I need you. Don't leave me. So it's best to say, get to know her. Truly get to know her. If, if you have not done so, it's time. Let her into your life. Don't be afraid. She is so kind and full of love and praise her often. Read about her. Contemplate about her life. Ask her to explain things to you about herself that you didn't know. You know, take this opportunity now, like during this fast, not just to listen to sermons or things like you're listening to now, but really, really talk to her. Now, I want to show you a final brief video of Father Lazarus, St. Anthony, right? So he's a hermit monk in the, in the monastery of St. Anthony the Great in the Red, uh, Red Sea in Egypt. Uh, now, he's Australian, so he's not Egyptian. And he was not a, a faithful Christian uh, in his childhood and, and uh, adulthood. And he came to the Coptic Church after a very painful event. He had lost his own mother. His, his, his mother had passed away, and he was really troubled. And we're going to listen to his account of what happened one day when you know, he entered into the Coptic Church, and, and he was seeing um, others doing matanyas in front of the icon of St. Mary. So um, let's go ahead and, and, and see that. He's talking about Matanya's here.
what a beautiful story, right? This, um, this is uh, Abuna Lazarus, um, St. Anthony. So in, in closing, I, I wanna just reiterate, there are so many wonderful things about the Holy Theotokos St. Mary but the most important thing, like we heard in that video, is to understand her love for us and how much she can give to us. And we need to let her into our homes, into our workplaces and our schools, into our hearts, our families, and, and never leave, right? May, may we be children of God and children of St. Mary who reflects this pure life um, and sacrifice on our behalf. Um, so I ask that, you know, that we live a life that's pleasing to him, but we should also continually thank the Lord and ask for the never ending intercessions of our lady, the Holy Theotopus St. Mary. And this uh, beautiful, um, uh, words here by St. Ephraim the Syrian um, just reflect um, on how somebody, now he was like a poet, how he can address her. To thee do I run, be kind to me, my all-pure lady, take advantage of thy motherly boldness before thy son and God and gain for me forgiveness of my former sins and so on and so on. So with that, I, I wanna thank you for joining today and, and I want us to continue in, the, in, the, in these next few days before the Feast of St. Mary to really contemplate on the things we heard today and glory to the Holy Trinity, our God, and to the ages of all ages, amen.